snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Motor City Misery Podcast. My name is Gavin Gonzalez, and today I am joined by the wonderful Aaron Johnson, his first time on the pod. Aaron, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Gavin. Thanks for having me on today. Of course, man. Listen, I want to talk. I want to talk Pistons basketball. I want to talk Michigan basketball. I want to talk Michigan State basketball. A lot of basketball I want to talk about, starting with the Pistons. Um, since I last recorded, uh, two losses: 110 to 107 loss to the Sacramento Kings, 109 to 90 loss to the New York Knicks. Aaron, a lot I want to talk about. First off, just want to grab your thoughts on the losses and kind of where we stand going forward as a team. Well, I think, you know, this is the this is what Detroit is. They're going to compete most nights, but they're just not good enough to win a lot of the games that they play. I will say I did think that they would beat Sacramento coming into that game. The Kings had lost nine in a row, you know, had little to no momentum trending in their direction. And Detroit, on the other hand, was, you know, finding their way to win a couple of games and Again, they just they compete in every game. So I thought that there was a good chance that they were going to come away with a win. But, you know, this is a team that still, even with the losses, has some players, you know, that are showing some promising things. And obviously Jeremy Grant has been the standout for the season with Detroit. Uh, 30 points for him against the Kings, 21 against the Knicks. Uh, but th- even some of the younger guys, whether it be the rookies like Sadiq Bey or Isaiah Stewart or Saban Lee or Dennis Smith Jr., who they just acquired from the New York Knicks, they have different players on a nightly basis uh, showcasing their, their promise, their potential, and their future in this league. Most definitely. I think that, you know, I was impressed by Jeremy Grant. I know you and Chris were on a pod together, uh, the quick hit. You guys can tune into that for Chris's daily picks. Um you know, you were fading Chris a lot, and you thought the, you thought the Pistons were going to win. He thought the Kings were going to win. Um, but I know you guys talked about Jeremy Grant player prop. I forgot what the what the number was at, but he scored thirty in his return. So I was very impressed by that. Sadiq Bay, like you said, uh, he he's been impressing. He had seventeen points. Dennis Smith Jr. was seventeen points in that game. Um, I was impressed, but you know, at the end of the day, we came up short. And like you said, this team can compete, but it can't really win games. So I don't know. I, I, I also think, you know, from that game, I have, we talked about it in my last pod. It's time to move on from Seku. I think it's time to move on. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, the way I look at it is there's no question that Seku has been pretty disappointing this season. He's shown some flashes, but they've been quick and short. Um, but Again, he is only 20 years old, and that is something that I'm going to preach to to anyone that is already calling it quits on him. He came into the league as the youngest player in the league. He's the youngest player in his draft class. He just turned 20 years old a couple months ago, so he is still a very, very young prospect. He has not been playing basketball his whole life as some of these other prospects have been. I'm not saying that this is, you know, what is we should have been expected or that this is totally fine that Seku is underperforming and looking pretty lackluster but at the same time he is only 20 years old the Pistons are, are not a team that is trying to win or contend right now so it's not as if they don't have 
the time or the ability to give him an opportunity to play consistently. Um, I think it's just you have to take a a slower approach with him. He's definitely not coming along as quickly as you would have liked. And I think what doesn't help is the fact that the Pistons drafted these rookies that have seemingly or seemingly NBA ready right away in guys like Stewart and Sadiq Bay, even Saban Lee. But I think you were seeing kind of the same thing with Killian Hayes was when he first came out and, and, and started playing at the beginning of the season before going down with his injuries, it was just going to take a little bit longer for him. For for Killian Hayes, though, it, it's it's usually a lot different for a point guard. Um, it tends to take longer for point guards in the NBA. I think Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in Cleveland are good examples of that. Um, but there's no doubt about it that Sekou has definitely been disappointing this season. Uh, but I would preach that you know the Pistons have an opportunity still to give Sekou and, and, and that they're, they're not losing anything by playing him. They have, they, they can afford giving him time right now. You mentioned uh, Killian Hayes and his development as a player and how it might take a little bit longer. Do you, where do you stand on Killian? I know we've talked about this privately, um, but for the pod, how about you just share your thoughts on Killian and where you think he's going to end up, uh, how he's going to end up as a player and where he stands right now. I know he's obviously injured, but um you know, his, his play in the beginning of the season when he was on the court um, wasn't necessarily the best. Where do you stand on him? Well, I made very, very clear going into the draft that I thought Killian Hayes was the best prospect in it. I definitely did not expect a lot of the mellow ball to come out and perform as well as he has, especially as quickly as he has. Uh, but I had Killian Hayes ranked number one on my board, uh, both in terms of the Pistons and in the entire draft. I thought Hayes was the best prospect. Uh, He started to get better right before he went down with his injury. Again, it just takes longer with a lot of point guards in the NBA when they're in their first season. I'm not worried about him whatsoever. We only got to see him for seven games. Uh, You know, there's talk that he could be back sometime in March. Uh, So there should be an opportunity for him to, see the court again before the season's over, which I think was, is very, very important. I think he'll kind of have some of that benefit that Saban Lee had and not really playing at the beginning of the season. He got to watch, he got to practice and, and go from there. Obviously, Killian Hayes hasn't had the ability to really practice, but just not having to get out on that court, not having to play, uh, being forced to just watch and try to learn, I think will really help him, and I think that will certainly uh, play a factor in when he returns to the court. I'm still incredibly confident in him. I think he is the future point guard for this Detroit Piston team. Uh, but it's certainly becoming an interesting topic with the emergence of Saban Lee and the performance of Dennis Smith Jr. since his arrival to Detroit. Uh, plus, there's the the talk of a guy like Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs, two guys that could play the point guard position but could also play the off-guard position. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things in the mix there with Gillian Hayes, but I, I still think he is a very promising young player. I'm not, my confidence in him has not wavered whatsoever. He is young, and he he has a lot of time left to develop. I mean, the guy the guy's injured right now. When he comes back, he obviously, you know, due to his injury, might not be performing the best, but I think giving him time is something that all Pistons fans should do. Um, 
you know, I feel indifferent about giving, I feel different about giving Seku more time, but you made a good point about Seku as well. He's young. You know, he is the youngest player in his draft class, hasn't been playing basketball his whole life. Killian Hayes, on the other hand, um, he's also very young and he's coming from overseas basketball, didn't play collegiate basketball. So I, I do, I do, I am on the same page as you is giving him time and I think he's going to pan out to be a really good player. Um, but I guess we'll see. The Pistons do play tomorrow against the Toronto Raptors. Tip-off scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Um, looking forward to that one. Aaron, let's get a prediction right here. What do you think? Well, we'll see if this game even happens with the Raptors having all their coaches and Pascal Siakam and I believe some other players as well in uh, protocol. But, I mean, as long as the Raptors have, you know, some of their main roster, Stanley Johnson included, <laughs> I think the Raptors can win this game. But, you know, as shorthanded, Detroit could also, you know, steal steal a win. It's a tough game to predict because I, I'll be honest, I don't think it's going to happen overall. I think COVID is going to to have the NBA suspend it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I want to talk Michigan basketball next. Um, coming off fresh off a of victory versus Indiana, 73-57 to 57 victory. Wagner with 21. I think they're the best team in college basketball. They play the fifth-ranked Illinois Fighting Illini tomorrow. Wanted to gather your thoughts on this team and kind of see, you know, going into the tournament, the Big Ten tournament first, where do you think this team stands? And we talked about it, uh, me and Chris talked about it on my last pod or a couple pods ago. Um, I think we both think that this team can beat Gonzaga. I think that this team has one loss. When In, in their wins, they look very – assertive in their victories and the fact that they rolled through Iowa like that really just says like okay this team's good and Iowa rolled through Ohio State yesterday so what do you think about this team and where they stand right now yeah I'll be honest I I was not as confident in this Michigan team going into the season I just didn't think that they had enough pieces but I think I think myself I don't think this was just something that I did I think a lot of people didn't expect Hunter Dickinson to be as good as he already is. I mean, this is – he is really a special, special player, and he has meant so much to Michigan this season, really on both sides of the ball. But his offense is just so impressive, not just in his ability to score the basketball, but he is an incredible passer at the center position. Obviously, at 7-1, he's very good at you know getting positioning down low, scoring with his back to the basket down low, getting second chance opportunities. I mean, he is a very, very complete player for a freshman playing in the Big Ten at one of the on one of the best teams in the country. I also underestimated a guy like Mike Smith coming in as a graduate transfer. Um, you know, he has really come on and cemented himself as the lead guard for Michigan, while other guys like Franz Wagner has shown great improvement. Uh, Isaiah Livers continues to show, I think every year he's gotten a little bit better and a little bit better. And he's kind of like a fringe NBA player to me. And I think this season he kind of summed himself as a guy that has the tool set to, to play and the, and the talent to play at the next level. Um, and then, you know, you look at the rest of this roster, you have another transfer in Sean, Sean D. Brown that obviously helps on both sides of the ball. Eli Brooks is a really nice, steady hand. Even a guy like Austin Davis, I mean, not a guy that you are looking at on the scouting report or anything like that, but just 
is a solid backup presence for Detroit down low, rebounds the basketball, you know, doesn't hurt the offense or try to do anything out of his, you know, realm really. This is just a, a very fun and a very good Michigan team. Uh, I think there certainly can be a team like Gonzaga. I think Illinois will be a, a great, great challenge for them uh, in their next game. Illinois has had a great season. The Big Ten is, you know, it's good this year. I think any there, there are so many teams that are talented throughout the Big Ten this year. And Illinois presents a real challenge for Michigan. So that'll be another great test for them. I, I think Michigan has done a nice job of handling their tests so far this year. Ohio State, Iowa, two of those teams uh, that they've had to, to go through. But I think Illinois presents another challenge for them. And it'll really show as Michigan that that top team i think they're right there with gonzaga right now i think illinois you know kind of is is on the on the on the fence of being in that conversation as well so that'll be a great game tomorrow night yeah and michigan i'm I'm not gonna uh sit here and say that michigan state's a challenge because we saw yesterday they're not but we'll talk about that after this but they do have to play michigan state twice in back-to-back games in the span of three days closing out the season so i mean i i I look at this Michigan team and I say, okay, they're the best team in the land, in my personal opinion. But if they beat Illinois tomorrow and then they take down Michigan State twice in a row, I mean, that, I think that just solidifies it. I mean, Michigan State did have two top five victories uh, in back-to-back games. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to be the Michigan State fan that says, oh, if you beat Michigan State, oh, you're good, like that kind of thing. Because this team, Michigan State's not a good basketball team, simply put, plain and simple. And I think when you look at um, a team like Illinois, they are a good basketball team. If Michigan can take down Iowa and then if they could take down, excuse me, if they, they, so they took down Wisconsin and then they beat Rutgers, then they beat Ohio State, then they beat Iowa, then they beat Indiana. Now they play Illinois. If they can win that game, I think that that just sets them apart from everyone else. I mean, the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball, without a doubt. I, I don't disagree. And obviously, Michigan State is going to present different challenges than maybe a team like Illinois would. Uh, just the, the fact that it's Michigan State, that rivalry, you know, you play them in back-to-back games. There's a different feeling to those type of contests as well. And, you know, Michigan State is always a scrappy team. Obviously, they laid a massive egg against Maryland uh, on Sunday that was just really embarrassing after they were able to go out and previously beat Illinois, you know, on Tuesday. Uh, so, you know, that is unfortunate for them in that regard, but they're going to, they're going to play Michigan closely that it's the same story every year. I wouldn't be surprised if the two teams split that back to back. I'm in the same boat and let's transition here into Michigan state basketball. Um, I think that they could split that, that series with Michigan, but you talk about that loss yesterday. Um, it, it looked like the MSU basketball team that we've been used to all season and not the team that we just saw beat two top five teams in a row. Nobody scored more than 12 points that game. And if you want to win a game, if you want to make the tournament, you need someone to step up and you need someone to be your leading scorer and score. I would say at least, you know, I would say 20 plus if you, if you're, if you're on a mission and Aaron Henry is the first thing that comes to my mind, he's got to step up. You need other players to step up. I mean, that was an embarrassing game. Like you said, as a fan, I was just, okay. What is happening? What is what is this team right now compared to like what we just saw? And why aren't they playing how they usually do against a Maryland team? And I and and, and the thing is too, if if you're a gambler, the line was uh, the spread was 
Maryland minus three. And that's just a trap line. And like, I, that's how you know knew Michigan State was going to lose that game. That's a trap line. Um, but at the end of the day, we face off against Michigan, or we face off against Indiana tomorrow. Excuse me. And I just don't think we're going to win that game either, Aaron. I just don't. It's hard to beat a team twice. And we just played them, um, just beat them. So I, I really don't think we're going to win that game. But if we lose this game, we need to beat Michigan at least once to have a chance at the tournament. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't think we're going to win that game. Yeah, the, the, Michigan State has to to really round themselves in the form. It's it's kind of now or never for them if they want to make it to March Madness, where you know if they do get in, they're going to present a, a real challenge. Uh, just the team is too good to to be where they're at. You look at that roster: Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts. Josh Langford, Joey Hauser. There is just too much talent across the board on this team for for them to be where they are. I, I don't understand how this is the case with them, but they're too good to be where they're at right now. And this is really disappointing for a team that I thought was going, I mean, coming into the year, they were ranked one of the top teams in the country. Uh, so this has just been a completely disastrous season for them, and it, it doesn't it doesn't excuse the fact that they have NBA level talent, they have quality depth at essentially every position, and they are uh, underperforming and underperforming. And that comes after a couple big wins, Illinois. That obviously was a huge win, and then you get Maryland. You have a chance to to get another important win, and you just lay an egg, and that is just incredibly. Unfortunately, you come out like you have nothing to play for and that time is really ticking on their season. You know, it's going to take a miracle for them to get in and it's going to they're going to have to find a way to, to, to at least take one from Michigan. I think if they don't take one from Michigan, there's no chance, regardless if they win tomorrow or not. Um, I think taking one from Michigan is extremely important if you want to make the tournament. And Michigan, like I said, is, in my opinion, the best team in all of the land. So I think taking one from them is definitely going to say something. And, you know, Andy Katz had, had said something um, pertaining to winning four out of their last six games and them being able to make the tournament if they do so. I just think, you know, the way this team played yesterday, I don't think they deserve to be in the tournament. I really don't. I, I, I don't see why they deserve to be in either, to be honest with you. I mean, again, you came into the season ranked one of the top teams in the country and I mean, you've had a pitiful year. There's no, there's no, you know, fun story or anything like that to this team. They're just underperforming, and you know, with with three games left, uh, they have to they have to win two out of these three. They have to beat Indiana, and then again, they have to take at least one from Michigan. And you know, if they were able to win all three, I think well, you can lock them into the tournament. But uh, even if they win two, I still think it's up in the air if they get in. Yeah, no doubt. And you look, and you make a good point about the roster, Aaron. This roster is very good on paper. This season, they haven't been performing as such. But you look at a guy like Joey Hauser. You look at a guy like Rocket Watts. You look at a guy like Aaron Henry, most notable. I think Aaron Henry. I mean, I really hope he doesn't leave because I think he has still has something to prove here in East Lansing. But this team on paper, Aaron, is is a good basketball team. They're just underperforming, like you said. They really are. I mean, Aaron Henry, you know, you get Aaron Henry back, and there was a lot of talk that he was going to go to the draft last season, but 
He ended up staying at Michigan State. And he's had a very, you know, he's had a quality year. He's averaging over 15 points, over five rebounds, just about four assists. He's shooting the ball well from the, inside the arc. He's had his worst season from the three-point line, which has definitely been unfortunate for him. But overall, he has had a very impactful season. So you were able to retain him. You have some other guys like Rocket Watts now in year two. He was supposed to be a big-time player for you. You get Joey Hauser eligible. And you just you have you come into the season with all that momentum, all that hype surrounding you. And you just you lay an egg all year round. It's this is not a good look for Tom Izzo and the Spartans. No, it's not. I think that I just don't see how we beat Indiana tomorrow, and it's going to be embarrassing versus Michigan. It's just going to be flat out embarrassing if we play the way we did. And it's just confusing to me, Aaron, because you beat in a fourth ranked Ohio State team, you beat a fifth ranked Illinois team. What happened versus Maryland? Where where did we go wrong? It was just not being able to make shots, yes, but what no happened? energy. Yeah. yeah, they shot the ball poorly, but they came out and they looked like they had no no reason to be out there. You know, they did not play with any sort of uh, you know, urgency or, or intensity. They went out and they played flat, uncaring basketball. That's why they lost to to Maryland. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah. And it's sad because I want to see this team win so bad. But at the end of the day, I mean, let me ask you this, actually, real quick before we hop off. Do you think Tom Izzo is an overrated head coach? No. I mean, he he's, his resume speaks for itself. He's a very, very good coach. Uh, he's always recruited very well as well. Uh, but he has coached very well. And you know, I don't know what it is right now because right now this should be Michigan State's time. Oh, March is Izzo, Izzo, you know, all that kind of talk. But uh, it's just, I don't know. There's like, and again, you know, it's a weird year. I think that's the the uh, excuse that everyone is is kind of using around the around the you know entire country for you know a team playing bad or team having an off season at any level, whether it be pro or college, whatever. Uh, which maybe that does. Uh, play you know a factor obviously Michigan State had some of their schedule changed around because of COVID and whatnot uh, but still good teams got to find a way to persevere I mean Michigan for example had the same type of issue and you know here they are on the verge of being the number one team in the country um, you know I I'll say this I think Tom Izzo is a very very good coach obviously he he's made a name for himself in the tournament in March Madness um, but it's it's very odd that he has this talented of a team, probably one of the most talented teams he's ever had, and they're struggling, and they've had as bad of a season as they've had. You're right. I think tomorrow's going to be a very important game. It's going to show a lot about this team. Anyways, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you for listening to the very end. Aaron, thank you for coming on. Guys, if you like gambling, if you like to gamble, listen to the quick hit. It is a new Motor City Misery podcast hosted by Christopher Rail. Um, give that a listen if you want to hear his picks. He's doing pretty well. Um, Aaron, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Gavin.